0: Line up. Line up. Locked. Locked. Hot, Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com.
1: Are you ready for some football?
0: Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready! And lock, and lock it, it in.
1: It's that time. Time to lock it in. Welcome to Lineup Locked, your go-to to win your fantasy league. As always, I have a four-man booth rocking with me today, and they're going to bring the energy on this episode. Uh, we have Lee, Chris Temple, and Matt Reller. Say what is up, fellas. What's up, fellas?
2: What's
1: up, fellas? <laughs> How are you guys doing? We are in the thick of it. We got so much football, it's like a... It's crazy, you know. There are Eleven games rocking on Thursday. A few games last night. We got a few games tonight, and then that'll that'll conclude week one. So I'm excited to get to talking to it uh, on the episode today. We're not doing trending and roto, which I know all of us agree is one of our favorite things to do. Um, actually, we kind of decided to zag a little bit. Uh, what I did last night was I went through. Uh, the box scores of every single preseason game that's happened so far, and anybody I feel is fantasy noteworthy, whether or not it's a late-round flyer, a handcuff, maybe a player we were worried about, snap counts, etc., etc., and we're going to talk about those and we're going to get everybody's opinion on if it's something we should or should not pay attention to, and um, also, by the way, I did go either on Twitter, NFL.com, or saw it on NFL Network and made sure that... Anybody that I'm mentioning off a box score, I have physically seen it with my eyes as well. So it's not just staring at a box score and saying, oh, hey, look what this guy did. It's just, it is it is what it is as far as that goes. So I'm excited to talk about those things. We are finishing the running back situation. Chris has the NFC East. I have the NFC West breakdown on the running backs. And uh, we're just going to rock down and make sure you can lock that lineup so that you can win it. So before we uh, really get to the nitty-gritty as always, if we have any new listeners that are uh, chiming in here, uh, this is an archivable podcast. I feel that things that we've talked about from this episode before, the episode before that, they are all things to listen to and to check out because that will help you uh, get an edge above the competition. So let's share our Twitter handles and then we'll get popping. So I am at TecmoZec, if you want to follow me. Lee, where can the good people follow you, sir?
3: At Dynasty Dingo. Chris Temple. They can follow me at ctemp03.
1: And Matt. At Matt Reller. I love how you say it's the best for last in both mm-hmm. the intro and that. Uh, that's what I do. I, that's what I do, I think. Subconsciously, I guess. So, so first off, as you know, I like to scurry the interweb and be a little goofy. Um, obviously, talking fantasy is fun in itself, and uh, I can do it all day long. Ask my wife. She... Uh, Kicks you know just eye rolls and kicks me out of the out of the house. But uh, I like to find goofy things. So the preseason is rolling, and I think Adam Gase, he probably like his his whole body. <laughs> what he showed me during the Jets game is like my experience for it. Like first off, I'm at Meet the Teacher night Thursday night. The games are starting at six. It was the Battle of New York, right? That's uh, that was the game that was being broadcast on NFL Network here on Thursday night, and uh, Hudson, our youngest. He uh is kind of socially awkward a little bit. yeah, he's a good kid, but he just uh you know he, he kind of needs a little, a little help getting uh, communication and all that out there and, uh, Anywho, we're, uh We're meet the teacher and I, I keep my phone up. I'm trying to pay attention, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to know what's happening. How does Sam darnold look? What's going on? What's happening? And uh, so I get in the car, and the first thing I see when I check Twitter is Adam GaSe and his smelling salt he's taking during a preseason game. That did was you, Adam GaSe, yes. It. I couldn't you, tell who that was. Did but. you guys see this? He's like, no. he's literally has a little pack of a is it is that what it's called? Yeah, um, smelling salt. Smelling salt, and he just freaking shakes it like he's an addict, and sniffs it, and he's just like hulks out like this, like ah. And I was just like, "Yes, let's go, man!" If I was worried about the Jets, one so bit under Adam Gase, he just solved all my problems right there. He saw, saw the Dolphins with him, right? He's yeah. They weren't very good. You see, well, it, you know, it that that like kind of confirmed every single weird eye look he gave in that press conference. He probably took smelling salts right before that too. But uh, he was alive. It was pretty good. It was very good, actually. So Adam GaSe is uh, getting the preseason fillings going. So I know nobody here lives in Ohio, but Ohio just legalized marijuana by accident. Did you guys hear about that? I don't know. How do you, how do you accidentally <laughs> approve it? So so on July 30th, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signed Senate Bill 57 into law. It legalizes hemp in Ohio giving Ohio farmers a new crop and new source of revenue. The law changes the definition of marijuana to exclude hemp based on the amount of THC, the chemical that gives you the high. It has to be a THC level of 0.3 or less. The only issue is, is there's no way in Ohio to test for that, so there's no way to know if it's got the THC amount or not. So basically, it's like I guess it would be like beer, like in Oklahoma a few years ago. They had to have a different alcohol content in alcohol in uh, the beer there. It's not no longer a thing, but it was weaker beer in Oklahoma. So apparently you can have weak marijuana in Ohio, but they can't test for it. So you can have you can just toke it up with the real stuff. There's no way for them to even know. So
3: Well, they said you could grow it, they didn't say you could smoke it.
1: No, it's yeah, it's smoking. I'm not gonna go on with the article, but yeah. It's a it's a thing. All right then. <laughs> so by accident. So let's go, Ohio. Get, all of a sudden, LeBron wants to go back. That's let's go. Let's goal. go. Let's go. All of a sudden, Baker Mayfield's porn stash makes that much more sense. <laughs> no wonder Odell got traded that car. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and last but not least, Japan. Man, Japan's becoming my new Florida, with their uh, you know sleeping in coffins. We covered a few weeks ago on the pod and everything else. So there's a new drink called a McFizzle that's in Japan right now, and they're cups. You guys can't see this, and I'm not going to be too descriptive because this is a family pod, but I'll show the picture to Chris, and if anyone wants to Google it, feel free to do this. That's what the cup looks like. That's awesome. <laughs> so the cup has two young adolescent teenage uh, children on it, I'm assuming. One's a boy and one's a girl. And it looks like something is happening that would be not appropriate for a cup at McDonald's. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And apparently, the people are rioting over these cups that have, and millions have been pleased. So if you want to get on the Google machine and look for this, just Google McFizzle cups in Japan, and uh, just prepare to laugh. It's a uh, Apparently, you have to angle it quite a bit because apparently if you hold the cup just normal, it doesn't look like that. But if you just tilt it like you're taking a drink, it looks like, uh, yeah, looks like they're, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So, on to the foosball. Let's do this. So, before we, uh, before we go to the football, I do want to say this is a podcast that is brought to you by creatorrank.com. It's a brand new fantasy fo- football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at Create a Rank, and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. All right, gentlemen, so first off, before we get into the box course and what I feel is fantasy relevant, there's four players in the news that I want to talk about. Uh, actually, five, excuse me. Uh, first off, big trade this week Duke Johnson sent to the Texans. Uh, Matt Reller, we're going to start with you. Fantasy implications. How do you feel about Duke Johnson on the Texans? I feel like he has a good shot to kind of be what we thought the Foreman was going to be, which is eventually overtake Lamar Miller because I don't think Lamar Miller kind of has it anymore. So I think this is a great landing spot for Duke Johnson. I think he's going to have an immediate role as that pass-catching running back and shot for more. So it only bumps him up for me. Okay. Lee, what are your thoughts on Duke Johnson?
2: I am quite bullish on Duke Johnson. I, I said it in an earlier pod. I really like the player. It kind of stinks that he's behind. he's been behind Nick Chubb and kind of, kind of forgotten about in the Browns' offense. But I think he's got a prime opportunity in Houston to really get a lot of work and a lot of meaningful work. So he's like a back end RB2 in my eyes
3: right now. Okay. Chris, how do you feel about Old Duke? Old well, Duke's going to be the starting running back there mid, mid season. It, it's no question. He's better than Lamar Miller. Fly really? out. Better.
1: Okay. So let me ask you guys uh, a question because I'm not so sold on the situation. Um, I did not do research on this. This is just me going off of what I've seen. The Texans. Do they throw to the running back too often? Is that a thing?
2: So no, but uh, Cam Newton was also notorious for not throwing to the running back before he got Christian McCaffrey, Right. McCaffrey had 130 targets last year. Okay. So we have to throw, I think we have to throw the narrative out the window. When a coaching staff hit, gives up a, a fourth and possibly a third for a guy who excels in the passing
0: game, I'm sure they're going to use him, especially now that Kiki, Kiki Kuti is probably out.
1: Okay. Yeah, because Duke Johnson can literally line up outside and run real routes. Well, they they did show Kiki. Apparently, it's not that serious, so he might be ready for week one. Might not be, but uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be a long-term thing, so that's good, number one. Um, I know that I, I read a tweet from Graham Barfield, and uh, I'm a big fan of his fantasy work. His next-gen stat-type analytical approach is just phenomenal to get kind of an edge on your competition. If you don't follow that guy, he certainly is a good one from NFL.com. And he was talking about Bill O'Brien's play calling and about how uh, it's very, you know, us Cowboy fans, so Chris and I can attest to it, and maybe even Matt uh, with uh, the play calling the last two years in Green Bay can kind of attest to the poor play calling and just you kind of know what's coming. Uh, I know that with the Cowboys, we they had such a simple approach to it was uh, not it was very vanilla. like every every team's running for the most part the same place. It's just how do you disguise it? How do you make it look? Are you motioning players? What are you doing to confuse the defense to keep them off their toes, right? Uh, you have the Eagles who I'm a, a big fan of what they do pre-snap. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I think they've been so successful and won a Super Bowl is because they're not afraid to change it up and, and do some do some weird stuff quite frankly, you know the, the Philly special, you know, think about it. So with with uh with the coach of the Texans, it's just it's kinda bleh. Like they run like sixty-three percent of the time on first downs. Like, I think that's gotta change. And also Lee, I'm glad you brought up Carolina because before when North, North Turner's never been a guy that threw to the running back really either. And he was also the offensive coordinator with McCaffrey, and McCaffrey still excelled. So maybe maybe they can change things and do it. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think Duke and Lamar Miller are both going to have a role. I don't know. Uh, a, a split is certainly a thing. A committee is certainly a thing. I wonder if Lamar Miller's stock is going to fall even more now, which makes him kind of appealing. Like, is he going to become like a fifth round, sixth round pick now, and he's actually somebody we might want? Is, is that a thing, Matt? Possible. Um, going back to the North Turner not throwing a running back, he with Damian Donaldson. So when he has a dude that can do it, he
0: does it. Um, also, with Duke Johnson, there's not really a tight end there that's going to be strong. So Duke Johnson is going to get kind of those looks, I think. So he's going to get plenty of volume. But to answer the Lamar Miller question, he's a very... <laughs> I think he's going to be... <sighs> He's gonna be his value. I don't know if I would pull the trigger just because of lack of upside. Right. I lean more
1: upside, but I'm with you, man. You know what Lamar Miller is, and I'm gonna keep it PG because I don't want to offend anyone. But he is—he's the two o'clock in the morning running back. I'm just gonna leave it at that. He's always there, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's my—that's my piece on Lamar Miller. So
0: that's a pretty
1: chicken the bar, but the last one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, so uh, with Duke Johnson, um, Lee, I'm gonna ask you this: um, Where are we drafting Duke at? He's going to rise. Uh, I checked fantasy calculator, and he's already risen quite a bit, actually. Like he's gonna, he's went from being like eight, nine, ten to like 6-ish, I think, right now. So within another week, the ADP is gonna go up even more. Wait till he plays a game, right? So where are we telling our listeners right now? Because they're like, okay, cool, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's got some upside. He's a guy we would want. Where would we be comfortable telling our listeners to pull the trigger on Duke if they're drafting?
2: Yeah, so I'm looking um <clears throat> I'm looking right now at Fantasy Pros. Okay. <clears throat> and I think uh, um I would feel comfortable drafting him probably right around probably right around RB 24, 25. Like where, that's like where Lindsey and Montgomery are. And then Lamar Miller is actually 26. So I'd say like right where I would have drafted Lamar Miller in Fantasy Pros right now is probably where I'd draft Duke Johnson.
1: Okay. Would everybody be in about consensus about that or move them down a little bit, move them up? What do we think, Chris and Matt? I think you, I think if he falls to the fifth or sixth, they're fine. Okay. And Matt, <clears throat> you co-sign? <throat> Yep. All right. Up next uh, for player news, Zeke Watch. Uh, full swing. Uh, it's been reported and this is assumed, obviously. I think we can assume it with Melvin Gordon as well. So we're kind of one in the same here that neither guy is going to play without a deal. Is, or Officially, Zeke has said it. Melvin Gordon has not yet. But I guess we're assuming this. How are we feeling, gentlemen, on these two guys? Are we fading completely? Zeke has went from being the one or two consensus pick to number five today. It went from four about Wednesday or Thursday to five on ADP. And Gordon is now like a third-round pick. So are we drafting him in those spots? Are we fading? Lee, how are we feeling about Zeke and Gordon? Zeke,
2: I'm still, I think right now I'm still drafting him like six, after Hopkins, um, just because he easily has the chance to be an RB, the, the RB one if he plays the whole season. And the Cowboys, I really, I really, you know, I'm not a big Cowboys guy. Uh, in case you guys couldn't tell, but I really hope their manager realizes that Zeke is the heart of that team, and that they need to pay him because if not, like, there's something wrong there. So Gordon, on the other hand, I'm not. I in the third round, I might take my shot on him, like maybe late third. But he's a guy who who is willing to sit out part of the
0: season and that worries
1: me. I just see uh the guys that are going in the third round, and unless I'm at the back end, or even if I'm at the back end, I'd rather I'd rather take a and we're gonna get into this on the box scores, I would draft the Montgomery. I would reach for him around early, or right where he's gonna be going on ADP over, over Gordon, I think. I d I I don't I just I'm I'm out on Gordon, but I think with Zeke, I think I'm still in. Uh Matt, what say you on these two? With Zeke, I'm still standing firm that he's 7 to 10, and if he's there, awesome. If he's not, good. I don't have to deal with a headache. Melvin Gordon in the
0: third round, I think I would pull the trigger on. I'm not ready to crown David Montgomery, even though I know we're going to get to him. But <laughs> I would think, oh, man, that's tough. I, I think I would go Melvin Gordon, though, just because, I don't see either one of these guys actually missing a game. I'm going to call my shot right now. I think Melvin Gordon signs a two-year, $26 million
1: deal. I think Zeke is going to sign like a three-year deal. I hope you're you're right, man, because nothing's worse than good players not being on the field, honestly, for us fans. I mean, we want the best talent out there possible. Chris Temple, you are up last. Trade them both. Get rid of both of them. Trade them both. No, uh,
3: no, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm drafting Zeke somewhere between six and nine. Melvin Gordon, if he falls to me in the third right now, because clearly he's the most, we're not sure what he's going to do. Uh, If he falls to me in the third, I'd pick him, but I wouldn't pick him before the third.
1: Okay. So I'm going to apologize in advance to all of you fellas because I have my first big stakes draft next Friday. I have fourth pick, and uh, I will probably not be uh, in the best, (laughs) the most energetic dude on our uh, next pod, but I'm going to find a way to make it happen. But uh, I have fourth pick and pretty much unless something happens with Zeke between now and Friday when we draft, right? So in the next week, it looks like the looks like the number 1 pick's going to be Barkley. Uh, the guy picking second is very bullish on McCaffrey, so I think he's going to go there. The guy in third is saying he's going to go Zeke or David Johnson. I would imagine he's going to he's going to pull the trigger on David Johnson if Zeke's not signed. So that's me at 4. I'm going to have Alvin Kamara and Zeke sitting there and i'm think i'm going to risk it for the biscuit is that stupid some of our some of our listeners are it's draft season next weekend officially right or it already is but yeah, even more the closer we the, cl- the closer we get to it if you're in the fourth pick and zeke's there over david johnson or kamara or any of these are we taking it or are we still waiting till 6 7 8 9 10 still waiting till 6 7 8 9 10 cuz you don't know Zeke take the
3: short thing take kamara
1: so yep. it, so if i take zeke and i tell you guys i did that i'll text you all we have quite the little Wolf man, uh, Wolf Pack chat going on, Tech, so I'll tell you who I take first. If I take Zeke at four, is that the wrong decision? Yes. Wait. In my
0: mind, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. I love you all. But so. just say,
3: we don't. You don't know if he's going to play. He may miss the first two weeks of the season. I know. I know.
1: May, may, hopefully someone makes the decision for me. But Kamara is yeah
3: yeah we just consistently made <laughs> the decision
1: for you take Kamara. All right, up up next uh, in the news we have a, a pair of Antonios, and um, I think we'll we'll cover Antonio Callaway first. I'm completely out on him. I had him. I took a flyer on him in our uh, creator rank league. And ACL. He is he's he's gonna miss like four weeks and he got suspended, so he's completely just. Uh, Freddie Kitchens this morning. I uh, did not tear his ACL. Freddie Kitchens this morning. I uh, made a comment that Adam Schefter tweeted that they're not going to put up with his BS. Uh, he had issues in the past. This is a substance abuse thing. I'm out on him. Are, are you guys in consensus? Just don't even worry about that guy now. Just th- keep him on waivers. Just don't even let him let him flash and see what happens. Because Higgins looked good, by the way. What do we think, Lee, on Antonio Calloway
2: yeah, he's he's the. I mean, we've seen it <clears throat> we've seen it time and time again, especially with the Browns receivers. It's just they can't they can't figure it out for some reason. They don't they don't know what professionalism is. They don't know how to stay off the weed, like Stephen A would say. Right. Um. And it's just it's a, t- a tale as old as time. Like that, there's other talented players on that roster. I, I can see a scenario really soon where they just cut him. So
1: yeah, there's nothing to lose. I mean, you're looking at. Uh... You're looking at a guy that can't even, I mean, come on. He didn't even come in shape, dude, to camp. You know, he's working out with the twos. Like, that's just, that's a big red flag. Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah,
0: this is kind of why he fell in the NFL draft, too. Issues off the field. He hasn't been able to kind of figure it out. He has some talent that's flashed a little bit, but not enough to
1: make him relevant to me. And if he's going to miss four games, I'm bailing at least for redraft. Chris, deuces!
3: I'm done. I ain't touching him.
1: Yeah, no, I don't even want it. Like Josh, it's just like Josh Gordon, man. If uh, if Josh Gordon gets reinstated, unless it's like my Mister Irrelevant in a draft, right? Like let's say I when I draft Friday, it's the last round, and I just just to do it and to prepare to drop him a week later, maybe. But uh, if Josh Gordon gets reinstated tomorrow, I'm not drafting him because I know what's going to happen. The writing's on the wall that he's going to mess up and. His price is going to be too high, and there's a chance you might not have him at some point. Just like last season, you know. It's just, you know, you you pray that these guys get the right amount of help so they stop making these bad decisions. But unfortunately, you have to be willing to uh, not make bad decisions. You know. Speaking of bad decisions, Antonio Brown is the other Antonio, and Home Dude is off his rocker right now. I don't know. I tweeted this yesterday, and. I'm not sure. Like, there's two possibilities here. Uh, I think Matt might have hit the nail on the head in our Wolfpack group chat yesterday. That this screams mental health. It's a cry for help. It's just like a a guy that's clearly going through some stuff that just. I don't, I mean, it's uh, some people need a lot of attention. They want to be centric to it, and uh, that we're not here to debate mental health issues and and all of that. If if that's what's going on with him, man, I hope he seeks help and is okay. I don't wish that. Those terrible things on anyone. But is it a possibility that his feet are that jacked up to where he's making this helmet thing to try to deflect away from it because he, he really, really did injure himself? And possibly there's a clause in his contract that says if he did something to himself that he doesn't get all of his guarantee. Is that a thing?
3: No, it's, it's, it's not about that. It's really about the helmet. He actually has a meeting set up with the NFL about his helmet. Wow. Yeah, he's got a meeting Monday morning with the NFL about wearing his helmet. It's really about the helmet.
1: Man, I don't uh, – is it possible that Hard Knocks is too much for him and he just wants to be away from it? Is that a thing, you think? No. Like maybe he thinks he wants to be in the limelight and he thinks he wants to be this, the guy and then all these cameras are in his face and in his house and everything and he's not about it? Could that be a thing? No. Yes, it could be a thing. And I think
0: Josh Gordon went through it last year. They kind of kept him away from that show for a reason, and it wasn't because, like, he was doing anything wrong or anything like that. It's just he didn't want that level of attention. Antonio Brown, he's doing stuff that makes you think he wants that level of attention, but as somebody that's dealt with depression and anxiety myself, it screams that to me. Like, everything he's doing just doesn't resonate as something that's really going on. So, it's hard, man.
1: I hope he figures it out. What do you think, Lee? Yeah,
2: just to echo what those guys just said. Um, actually, not, I mean, I've got nothing to add, really. They, they hit the nail on the head.
1: Okay, yeah. so wh- one quick question to you guys before we get into the box scores. Um, our listeners are drafting. They're listening to us for a reason, um, hopefully because they, they love our voices and uh, also because we give uh, good sound advice. We're on the clock. Antonio Brown's there. It's the end of the second round. Are we? Are we pulling the trigger on him? Hell yeah! Chris Temple says hell yeah. Matt Reller, how are we feeling about that? This is like the
0: one player that has a ton of risk that Chris is all about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I agree though.
1: He's agree ne- he doesn't get about. hurt.
0: That a huge value.
1: Yeah. I would go for it. Yeah. You risk it for the biscuit. So so if I start my team. Zeke, Todd Gurley, and Tony O'Brown. Am I doing it right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Lee? I'm,
2: I'm a hell no. I would definitely not take him in the second round. I
1: think, no I think, chance. I think I'm with Lee. I think I'm going to pass and take Juju or uh, Tyreek Fine. Field. If you're at the end of the second, just take him with your third pick. I don't if think... If you're at the end of the second,
0: I want to in on this league, man.
1: Yeah. I well... I don't know, man. The, the league that I'm in, everybody hates on Juju. I... For real. Like, I'm listening to what people are saying in my office. And most of these guys are in my office league. And Juju's untouchable in my home league because we get to keep him when we drafted him. And he was the last round pick two years ago when he was a rookie by uh, a Steeler fan that's in our uh, league-ish. So everyone thinks that Juju's not going to be able to handle uh, being the guy. And they think Big Ben is going to not. Like, they just think the Steelers are going to fall apart. I'm like... Uh, dudes, I like. Oh, oh! I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're totally right, guys. Completely. So I think I would not be surprised if I take Alvin Kamara with my fourth pick, and Juju might be available when I come back. I I really think it might happen because they're all they're all off on them. It's crazy. It's wild. So that's topic for another. day.
0: <laughs> I'm in the office as like a
1: mailroom guy. Well, you know, fly, fly, fly down to Texas, man. Let's, we'll have, we'll, we'll have, I'll have a beer and you can uh, eat some wings because I know you don't drink.
0: Yeah, well, no, hold up. If Chris is gonna grill like he did the other
1: day, man, I'm in. Speaking of grilling, Chris I'll, is coming. Chris and his wife are coming over tonight, and we're grilling steaks for the Cowboy game. We're pretty pumped about that. Yeah,
3: I'll, if you if you make your way down to Texas, I'll
1: I'll, I'll make you some ribs. I'll even yeah. I'll even uh-huh. smoke a brisket yeah
0: send me some tonight too man
1: yeah the wolf pack does need to unite in person one day that does need to happen that needs to be a thing that, yeah le, le, the, uh, the fantasy podcast wolf pack yeah we're matt, making it a thing matt and Lee can meet on a flight
3: somewhere in the middle <laughs> and they can fly fly together as flying buddies and yeah. we'll pick them up
1: at the airport and yeah
0: man i'll
1: go i'll get the I'll get the Molly I work with some questionable people I'm sure somebody can hook me up. <laughs> So, <laughs> so on to the, onto the box scores. There's, a, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of fantasy relevancy that's been happening. Um, I try not to overreact to things, but at the same time, it's very important to pay attention because if somebody's not paying attention because it's just preseason, this is where you can get your edge, in my opinion. So, speaking of edge, you are drafting now, guys. Okay, Everybody's drafting. People are, have a, a date scheduled to draft. So I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on CreatorRank.com. Do you guys see how I made that flow? That is right! Brought to you by the guys at the CPMC. The service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They'll evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades... Preview the playoffs and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and creatorink.com slash product slash cpmc. Alright, so let's get into the box score. So first player I wanna I wanna talk about is Royce Freeman. Uh, Royce Freeman finished the preseason game. He had three rushes for 49 yards. He had a 50-yard run, which means that he uh, basically had a negative yards on the other two. And he had one reception for one yard. Uh, pretty explosive. It was very good blocking on the 50 yard run that he had. Uh, I like Royce Freeman where he's going. He's somebody that's on my radar. What say you, crew? Lee?
2: Yeah, I just want to say I want to make the point that Philip Lindsey would have 100% scored on that run. Um, because people are like tuning the horn of Royce Freeman because he had a massive holder run through and he happened to go 49 yards or whatever. But. That's not really his game, anyways, and I don't, I don't fault him for it. And uh, just in general, yeah, I like I like Freeman where he's going. I, I'm still a believer that Philip Lindsay is the most talented back in that backfield, and that he will have the most production of the three of the three backs. But Freeman is still a value in drafts from what I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, speaking of Lindsay, did you see his shift that shifty move he had in the game? God, it was phenomenal. He. Completely, the offensive line did not block well on that play, and he just made it happen. It's just he's a special player, and Lindsay's falling. So like this, the Royce Freeman hype is real, and now that Theo Riddick got signed, people are out. It's like ballads in Miami, huh? People are out on uh, on these Denver backs, really. So I'm, which makes me in. I I think Philip Lindsey might be a guy I own in a few of my leagues, and I'm actually excited for that. Matt, what do you think about Royce Freeman?
0: I think Royce Freeman, just for whatever reason, and people's models coming out of college, he was supposed to be this really good thing, but then there's this Philip Lindsay guy that's way better. And (laughs) Royce Freeman just can't create his own yards at the NFL level. I haven't seen it yet. Two runs for negative one yard kind of prove that. Philip Lindsay, that nice shifty run, he did it all on his own. Right. he yeah, has good blocking like that, Royce Freeman, yeah, I agree with the league. He's going to house it. So I would much rather own Philip Lindsay. I don't, I don't want to touch Royce Freeman. I'll
1: let somebody else take, take that flyer. Okay. Chris, what are your thoughts, sir?
3: Well, uh, I mean, it depends on where he's falling, too. I mean, F- Freeman's, what,
1: 10th round? No. Uh, they're both. Uh, F- Lindsay's like third, fourth. Right. Freeman's fifth, sixth, maybe seventh. That's. Yeah. See, that
3: fifth, sixth, seventh, that's too high for him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him that early.
1: Well, you're going upside with those. Um,
3: well, yeah, but the upside isn't Lindsay upside. That's what you got to think about.
1: For, no, I, I don't disagree with that. The only the only argument that I can make for Royce Freeman is that Lindsay is small, and injury might be a thing that f- follows that. It might not be. Warwick Dunn was healthy for a very long time, and he was a smaller guy.
3: Is Phil so, Lindsay that small?
1: He's pretty close to that. Yeah, he's pretty close to that. Warwick Dunn was smaller, but uh, he's not a very big dude. So, I. I don't dislike it. I like the fifty-yard run, but like Lee and I both said, it was a great block. I mean, it, it was a great hole. And you're probably right, Lee. Philip yeah. Lindsay might have scored it. Yeah, you're right. I did not realize he was five eight. He looks bigger than that. He's very small. Yeah. He, yeah. It's Wait, up next,
0: Reminds you a little bit of Brian Westbrook at
1: all? This who?
0: Brian Westbrook.
1: Who? Philip Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't mention
3: that name in this uh, uh, in this vicinity. No,
1: he does because he can. He's kind of a do-it-all guy, man. He's very That's shifty. 100.
0: And
1: that wrist injury
0: is kind of fluky. Right. So I don't see it as being a problem.
1: No, no, I I, I agree if you're gonna injure something, let it be a wrist or on your hand because those are things that uh you can overcome easier than knee injuries and ankle injuries and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely for, for sure. For any enough I'll play your legs or your moneymakers. Yeah. Well so, receiver you break your hand, you gonna miss a little while. So up next is Rashad Penny. Uh it's worth note that Chris Carson got no snaps. So I think that tells us all we need to know about Chris Carson. He's Chris Carton. Carson. He is the starter. The starter. Yep. Period. Uh, as of right now, uh, I've I've thrown out the penny. Love. He had six rushes for 15 yards. The most impressive was a screen pass he took for 37 yards. Showed some burst. Showed to be good. Um, I know that uh, Adam Kaplan, who is a, a individual who goes to all the camps, I listened to an interview with him this week and he is all about some Penny, talking about the burst in camp, watching how he uh, moved around and just is really big on his upside. He says both backs are going to be very heavily involved and very, very good for fantasy. So we'll start with you, Chris. Uh, what are your thoughts on this stat line, or is Penny a guy you like, dislike? Uh,
3: Penny's a, a guy I like in the 6th or 7th round. The burst has always been there. That's never been the question. It's the more of the want that's always been the question. At least last year, I mean, the one year is there. I, I don't think he was ready to perform last year. I think he should be good to go this year from everything we're hearing.
1: What do you think, Matt?
0: I think this is going to be a lot like the Brandon Jacobs, Tiki Barber situation. Um, they're both going to be very relevant. They're both going to be useful. They're both going to have kind of their set roles in this offense, where Chris Carson's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting and then, Rashad Penny's kind of like that change of pace guy that also does pass catching so I'm kind of bullish on both I don't think owning both is
1: a bad thing what do you think Lee? Lee are you with us?
2: yeah sorry I went dark for a second
1: (laughs) zero dark 30 (laughs) but
2: uh no I I really like Penny this year because I think there's such an extensive injury history for Chris Carson right and I think, I think Penny's got the talent to really succeed, especially. And even if Carson stays healthy the entire season, like Penny, they, they run the ball more than anyone in football in the Seahawks. So there's a lot of standalone value there. And you have the upside of an injury-prone guy like Carson as, as the other guy in that at backfield, and no more Mike Davis, right. who, who performed very well. That's a, so he's a guy I'll definitely take in value. It's
3: very valid points. And their offensive line has gotten better over the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, the they got rid of Tom Cable
2: that's
1: yes. So Penny right now, um we're, oh, as of Thursday, Penny was going in the sixth round.
3: Oh yeah, I'm touching him.
1: I think I'm on that all day. Yeah. Um I might even take I'd, him I'd much
0: rather have Penny than Royce
1: Freeman. Yeah, I'd i probably would even I would probably even reach for him in the fifth. Uh, another thing Adam Kaplan said, if you were a, a weight on quarterback guy, Russell Wilson is not going in drafts very high. He's actually going very low. Like he's like got ninth or tenth round ADP right now. But he said that they're not going to pass the ball. He's like, I've talked to the coaches. I've done this. So what we saw in the playoffs and at the end of last year, it doesn't look like it's adjusting too much per Kaplan. Uh, Once again, he's a guy that goes into the camps and everything else. So he's very bullish on these two guys. Uh, This is a situation where it looks like they're going to unleash the backs. So for our listeners, I would be bullish on Penny. Um, Carson I like as well. But I like. I think Carson is a third round guy, fourth round guy. So I think Penny in the six makes more sense. Uh, get that receiver. Get that other back in the third. So on to the next. Um, DK Metcalf. Speaking of Seattle, four targets, one reception. It didn't look great. Didn't look bad. Are we? Uh, are we? Is this a guy that needs to be on the fantasy radar or no? No,
3: not right now. I mean, he's just a rookie wide receiver with a team that doesn't throw the ball a lot. What's the point?
1: What do you think, Matt? I find myself agreeing with Chris. Um, they don't pass the ball enough. It's a rookie wide receiver.
0: He's going to need some adjustment time. Maybe at the back half of the year, he's a name to remember if he's still on waivers or somebody got frustrated and dropped him, but I wouldn't waste draft
3: capital on him. Hey, Matt, agreeing with me was the smartest
1: thing you've ever said. <laughs> What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Lee? I'd say he's a late
2: round sleeper if he's there, if the value's there. But there is a lot of hype surrounding him, obviously after the draft. So he might be a guy who creeps into earlier rounds that you I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him. But he's like the kind of he's the kind of flyer that I like just because he is that athletic freak. He does have good tape and has like a burner. And I think that if he gets maybe a half a year in that offense. He can really be on the field and
3: do something with Russell Wilson. So, I've had zero luck with rookie wide receivers. I avoid them like the plague.
1: Uh, one year I had Mike Evans and Odell Beckham their rookie year. That was awesome. I had both.
0: Oh, special wide receiver rookie playoff. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was very different. And you're right. It's, it's a thing. Like, man, it's. I, I would just go for somebody else with upside. A uh, running back. Another cuff that we're going to cover here actually later. Um, uh, with on this, uh, on this report. So up next, we've got the Chargers running backs, both of them, that I want to talk to you guys about. This is, this is really important information, I think, because this Melvin Gordon situation is very real, and both of these guys look phenomenal. And the problem with looking phenomenal is that's raising their ADP, and if Gordon does come back, you are you, you are imploding your team if you're drafting one of these guys too high, unfortunately, but you also might be winning your, your league if you do, and Gordon doesn't play. So it's quite the conundrum. So Eckler uh, ran five times for 40 yards, averaged eight yards a carry, had three receptions for 39 yards, but did fumble inside of the five. Justin Jackson, five for 22, which is also respectable, and had a touchdown that was baller. Like the elusiveness, the way he cut looked really, really good. So I was very impressed with the eyeball test on both. So we'll start with you, Lee. Are we passing on both of these guys? Are we going for Justin Jackson? Is Eckler's price too high? What's your opinion here?
2: I think, yeah, oh, it's tough. I think it's all too high. I, I really do. I think that people have already started to believe that Melvin Gordon is sitting out the entire season. And, I mean, when Eckler's going in, what, the fifth round, like when I can get some other really solid running backs there or receivers, it just seems like a overcompensation for me. Jackson maybe hasn't creeped up as much. And it would be a guy like I'm still looking to target, but I mean, people as the season grows near and Melvin Gordon does not show up to camp, people are starting to overreact. So I'm gonna stay away.
1: So if it's the ninth round and Justin Jackson's on the board, are you saying or would you would you pull the trigger on that or would you still look elsewhere?
2: That's that's probably a right around the value that I'm looking for, just because in the ninth round you're not really getting a starting running back, and Jackson definitely had that potential. But there's also the potential that Melvin Gordon plays. And you just wasted your draft pick.
1: Okay. Matt? I think Austin Eckler this entire offseason has been drafted at his ceiling, and I'm not going to touch the dude. He,
0: he's not much more than a standalone pass catching running back that's not going to get enough run to me. I would much rather own Justin Jackson. He showed a proficiency in the red zone to get in the, get in the box. So there's touchdown upside. If I take Melvin Gordon in the third, I might reach for Justin Jackson in like the
1: seventh or eighth. But if I can get him in the ninth, awesome, even if I
3: don't have Gordon. What do you think, Chris? I agree 100% with what both of them are saying. you got to find the right value for the guys and where they're being drafted right now. They're too high.
1: If they fall, cool. Take them. They won't, especially after that. And what... My thought is too. The one thing that I could give both guys is they were both running with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, I bet you they, you know, these players hear what people are saying, and I'm sure that the media is not exactly helping them in LA. It's um, not
3: like they exactly played against a world beater defense either.
1: The, the chip was still there, though, and I know I, I do understand that. That's also an argument. They're obviously, you know, normally they play against the top guys, but they both did look good. They both looked elusive. They both got that chip, it was visible. Like they were pumped. So I'm uh, I'm intrigued by the players, but like I said, I don't I don't see anything but as the Melvin, as Melvin Gordon gets as we get closer to the season, Melvin Gordon drops even more and these guys rise even more. Justin Jackson, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the fifth or sixth round within the next two weeks if Melvin Gordon isn't signed, and uh, that is too rich for my taste completely. So up next is Kyler Murray out there balling. Uh, he is six for seven. He was out there for one drive at forty four yards. The good that I saw was that his pocket awareness seemed really good. Uh, He threw some some nasty bullets. Like that arm was on full display. I'm talking. Just got it. What I did not like is I think that if he was playing against a better defense or starters, I think he would have gotten sacked twice on that drive. He did escape some slower players, but I think that the starters might have got to him. And, I, unfortunately, with some of the the some of the throws he makes, because he, he can zip it, I think he's going to throw a few pick sixes this season. Uh, I could just see it the way he kind of just zips it. So, what say you? I'm still in on him. I'm, I'm in on him on his ADP. I think he's going to be great for fantasy this year. Lee, what are your thoughts on Kyler?
2: Oh, I love Kyler Murray, but at, he's QB8 right now, right? Or something around that.
1: He's going in the eighth or ninth round.
2: Yeah, I, I you know, I'm a big late round quarterback guy. Um, one of my, like, one of my favorite guys, two of my favorite guys now actually, Lamar Jackson look pretty good. Um, him and Josh Allen, I really like, and they're what going tenth, eleventh, twelfth. And I think I'd rather take my shot at the guys who have been in the, in the system
1: for a year okay. and showed showed flashes of QB one greatness instead of Kyler, who I still love in the first year I'm um, in an offense in a complicated offense and yeah rookie top. I, I think every draft has got at least one OU fan and they'll take him in the 6th so I, I think the decision will be made for you
3: <laughs> yeah at least here in Texas we do yeah.
1: yeah so what do you think Matt
3: I typically avoid rookie quarterbacks like I avoid rookie wide receivers just take them a while the game moves a little faster than they're ready for there's
0: Growing pains that happen. There's the pick sixes. There's just some questionable decision making. Kyle Murray might be an exception to
1: my rule, though, because of the rushing floor. It's
0: just such a cheat code in fantasy. Right. To get that, maybe your quarterback position.
1: Once again, though, know, know your scoring because if you're in a league but, like my home, the league that I'm drafting in on Friday, for instance, it's six point touchdowns, and if you throw for 300 yards, you get a five point bonus. So. Really, a, a, a running quarterback gives you a, a some of what of an edge, but you want the guys you that are throwing. You could have Patrick
3: Mahomes number four then. You
1: want guys that are oh, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely a baller because you're you almost guaranteed thirty points a week yeah. from a guy like that. So it's something to pay attention to because every league has different scoring. Chris, what say you on Kyler Murray?
3: It's it's hard, it's hard for me to draft a rookie quarterback,
1: especially yeah. especially in the, with a the top eight pick, right?
3: With the top eight pick and with the offensive line he has, because like you mentioned. He had to run for his life twice in six passes.
1: Well, I think that's him though too. Um, he's not the tallest in the world, obviously, and he creates his own vision. Well, so, I mean, yeah, you have to. I mean, what I'm worried about, what I did like, David Johnson's screen pass. Did you boys see that?
3: Yeah, I watched the first series. It was
1: uh, it was awesome. It was it was a beautiful screen pass. That makes that. I've been big on David Johnson as you know. I've been saying he's the RB three. I know I called him the QB three last week, but RB three. Um, the one thing I, I'm, I'm worried about, like seriously, if you're in a fantasy league that does kickers, I think I might be all aboard the, I don't even know who the kicker is for the Cardinals, if one of you would like to look that up for me. I would uh, be all aboard taking him, because I think that when the field shrinks, I think they're going to have a problem scoring TDs. I think that field goals, I think that they're going to get a lot of yards, and I think they're going to be in scoring situations quite a bit, but I can see a lot of field goals because of, Having to create your own vision and the field shrinks so much in the red zone. Uh, I think big plays are going to be a thing too, so that's when the touchdowns will come. I'm uh, I'm intrigued. I want to see him in the red zone. Hopefully on Thursday night's game, which is on ESPN. Hopefully he gets more than one drive and we see some red red zone action because I would like to see how he creates his vision there. Because just standing in the pocket, don't get me wrong. He can still he can still be a pocket quarterback. But for me, what I saw is it's a lot of, let's let's move a little bit, let's shift a little bit to create my vision, is what I saw. So I like the screen pass of David Johnson, the blocking was phenomenal on that. Offensive line is a question mark. So I think that if for some reason it's the 10th round, that's my price. I'm literally going to write it down in the draft. If, if it's the 10th round and he's there, I'm taking him. I really am. But other than that, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Period. Tenth round is is my price for him. So I don't know what what how you guys feel about that. But I think Lee kind of stated his case. So up next is my boy Matt's dude Dexter Williams, straight up balling. Uh, 14 rushing attempts for 62 yards, 4.4 yards a carry, and a reception for 18 yards. Matt is the hype real?
0: Of course it is. I've
1: been pumping him up all off He's good, good, man. And that offensive scheme, I'm so excited. Good. This is the guy. Matt would, you, <laughs> Matt, would you agree this is the guy you draft instead of D.K. Metcalf? Oh, yeah. This is the late-round flyer guy. Flyer guy, excuse me. If you look at the typical yeah. cheat sheet, like if you go to Yahoo's cheat sheet, Brad Evans tweeted it out this week, right? He's not even on there. Like, they list their top 80, and he's not even on the list yet. Like, he's not hes not being drafted out on the <laughs> on fantasy on fantasy calculator, he's not on the ADP report. He's not okay. even there yet. So uh, this gonna is look, listeners. Everybody in your
0: league is going to be like, "Who?" Oh? and you're going to be like, "Just watch me win the league." Yeah, I
1: think, when you go to grab the stickers, they're going to be like, "There's not a sticker for the guy." This will this will be the write it in guy. Yeah. This, you need a marker for him. Um, Perfect. I think this is the this is the Mister Irrelevant relevant pick. I, th- I think so. Yeah. It might it might be nothing. And it could be everything because Aaron Jones is – Jamal Williams is just the guy. And I think Aaron Jones has proven to kind of not stay on the field. So I think it's worth a flyer. Lee, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'm a big Aaron Jones truther. But – and I think we – like as an Aaron Jones truther, we we missed – or we got past the drafts like kind of unscathed just because of Dexter Williams is a late-round draft pick. Right, But – I just think, yes, there is a lot of concern with, with Jones' injury history. I know he's coming in better shape, but, you know, right now he's not playing, and, and Dexter Williams did show out. So he's definitely a guy I late because I, I think he has an easy route to the backup job just because I think Jamal Williams, you're right, is just a guy. But when Aaron Jones is on the field, like, Dexter Williams is just a poor man. Aaron, poor man's Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, you know, Dexter Williams, 4.4 4 yards per carry. Aaron Jones, 5.5 5 yards per carry. Right on. And fits the scheme perfectly also, same as Dexter Williams. So I really think that Jones is going to have a breakout year this year. But Williams has a good shot at the backup role.
1: And here's – here's I want to piggyback off that, Lee. This is why I'm so big on Dexter Williams is because I was terrified to draft Aaron Jones because of the injury history at his cost. Now I, now I can do it and sleep like a baby because I'll just go get Dexter Williams and I'll have a complete back in my opinion if something does happen. I, I, I'm totally for it. Like I, I have no qualms – Like, before, I was like, man, Aaron Jones here, like, with the running backs he's going with, I'm like, God, man, I like him. He was on my team last year. Um, You know, I paid, like, I think a six-round price for him, maybe seventh last season. And I'm like, God, second round, third round. But now I I feel great about it because I do think Aaron Jones is uber talented. We know they're going to be in the red zone, right? And this just makes me feel so much safer because I see a clear path. To a handcuff, and I like it. Chris, what's your thoughts? Well, you just stole what I was going to say, so thanks, Zach.
3: <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
1: You're very welcome.
3: Anything else to add? No, you, you <laughs>
1: covered it all. You did, You said you could, I I could ru- have said it better myself. I'm rubbing off on you, man. I dig it. No, I you, you so didn't bad. rub on nothing. All right, so uh, Big Head Darnold is up next.
0: Thanks, so I'm dead, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What'd you say? Um... The only reason he got so much run is because
0: Aaron Jones is out with a hamstring, Jamal Williams out with a hamstring, Trey Carson out with a hamstring. <laughs> so of course Dexter Williams is going to get a ton of run, but that he's running with that opportunity. And if he's a poor man, Aaron Jones going in the last round, perfect. Sign me up.
1: Yep. You All just right. sit over there and eat your cheese. So Sam Darnold, uh, his head is gigantic, and so is his performance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Four for five for 68 yards and a touchdown to Crowder, who is uh, beginning to get heavier and heavier on my radar, especially in a PPR league. Um, Did you guys see Sam Darnold? Did you guys see this, Lee? Did you watch some Sam Darnold action?
2: I did. I watched that first drive. He looked magical.
1: It did, man. It looked very good. I'm glad I drafted that guy. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So Chris (laughs) signs off on it. Matt, how do we feel about Darnold? Uh, I feel
0: like it's watching NBA Jam with the uh, big
1: head thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mega Mind. <laughs> I, think, I think Darnold's gonna be good. And
0: Crowder, he really could be like poor man's old Jarvis Landry in Gates' offense, so he might have some sneaky value.
1: I'm in on Darnold, especially because no one no one seems to be like if you're in a one quarterback league. He's not getting drafted. Not at all. Or And if he is, he's somebody's backup. So if let, let's let paint a picture that it's the 10th round and everyone's not pulling the trigger on quarterbacks and I go by my philosophy, it's the 10th round, so I'm going Kyler Murray. My last round pick's going to be Darnold. I, I think I'm gold with that. I think that's a good streaming. I think that's a good streaming option. I I like what I saw, man. I liked that a lot. He looked good. His decision-making was good. His pocket awareness was was great. And uh, with a head that big, you process information just so much, so much quicker than everybody. else. That does. is
3: not how it works, Zach.
1: <laughs> so up next is <laughs> up next is the other uh, the other quarterback in the game, uh, Daniel Jones, five for 5 67 yards and a touchdown. I've talked a lot of noise on my other podcast about the decision making to take this guy as early as they did, and uh, we're not crowning anybody just off the preseason, but. He passed my eyeball, eyeball test. He looked like a gamer. Uh, Matt, what do you think of this Daniel Jones performance?
0: I think it's preseason. I will say I've been kind of counting him as Paxton Lynch 2.0. The only good thing about Daniel Jones, though, is he's got Schirmer as his coach, who's got a good scheme for quarterbacks. The Case big figure. So I think, I think he's set up for success with some weapons. I really hope they give him a shot so we can kind of see what he actually is. Right. Because Eli,
1: Eli. See, I'm not in any I'm not in any two quarterback oh, leagues. Sure. If I was, he would be a I, I'm not in any two quarterback leagues, and if I was, I might he might be on my quarterback three radar. Uh but no. So Chris, what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones? You you a believer, you see any of it, you don't think it's worthy? I mean, he went six for six, it's it's worthy with the touchdown, right? Five for five.
3: Five for five with a touchdown. That's wor- That's worthy. I mean, you you just got to keep your eye out on him. It's still too early.
1: It, it, he looked – his his, his pr- pocket presence was pretty legit from what I, I – I was impressed. Well, there.
3: everything he threw was on time in, into the right position. So from that perspective, he was accurate. He led a team to a touchdown. You can't ask for anything more.
1: Nope. Lee? Yeah, I
2: mean, I, it's not – we can't crown him the king of New York yet. But – I've heard good things about training camp, good things about practice about him. So maybe maybe we were wrong. I mean, it's, it's a little early to tell you're right, but it's, it's a good look for him to kind of get out first uh, first taste of an NFL game, lead his, t- lead his team to a perfect touchdown drive. So definitely got to keep your eye on. Definitely a super flex candidate for sure. I don't think you're drafting him in redraft yet. No. But if you're in any super flex league, you definitely go pick him up if he's on the waiver wire. If it's a deep league, he's probably already on our roster. All right. Yeah, like,
3: oh, he's gone.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah, Big Cat got him pretty early, actually. All right, so David Montgomery, darn it. He's officially, I'm getting priced out almost. Uh, he said 16 yards, uh, only three carries. His touchdown was freaking awesome. Like, it's, it, it's exactly what they want in Chicago. In Chicago, it's the running backs need to make the moves, need to escape. Mike Davis didn't look terrible either. Um, obviously, they've got Cordell Patterson out there running, too. So you've got Tariq Cohen, Cordell Patterson, and Mike Davis. So I'm out, man. I like Montgomery, but say goodbye to fourth and fifth round ADP. It's going up to the third, and it's not looking back. I'm, he's, I've been priced out. I will not have Montgomery. What say you, met? Matt. There's a
0: part of me that wants to pull the trigger on him, but there's too many other good running backs that I've seen do it before that I'm not sure I would. Like, I I believe in his talent. I believe he's this good. He had this kind of tape at Iowa State. Uh, It's so difficult, though, with the names he's going around now. So, I don't think I'll own him either, but maybe I will.
1: (laughs) Maybe there's a league that he falls. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if, he's in, if I'm in any league in the fourth round and he's available, I'm pulling the trigger. I don't care. Because that, that's going to be a value. I just don't see it happening. I think he's going to be going right around that Leonard Fournette, Marvin Mack range probably at this point, I think. What do you think, Chris?
3: Depends on how you're doing your draft. If you're going, you know, the Matt Reller, Matt Reller method straight wide receiver for six rounds and no. But, you know, say you got the second pick and you can get a, uh, Christian McCaffrey or something like that, and then you come back and get an elite wide receiver. Just figure out how you want to shape your draft after that.
1: So, so if you went, a – su- Hold on, Chris. He has both methods.
0: I just wrote an article about zero RB. I also did one about zero wide receiver. Though,
1: yeah. so. He also has one where you only draft quarterbacks. That's the new article that's being released. i <laughs> 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 uh, Lee, anything else you want to add about Montgomery? Or are we moving on?
2: Yeah, no. I just he looked really good in his debut. I got to give him that. Like, I can't can't complain about that. It's just a lot. You can tell a lot about depth charts, kind of, um, with how how much the starters play. And Mike Davis only had three carries in that game. So did Montgomery, though.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. But he also had the pass. I'm just saying. I'm saying I see
2: more of a split in work this year than a lot of people are willing to admit. To themselves,
1: right? Just because they're so they're so excited about Montgomery, yeah. And you should be in dynasty, especially you really should because he's a super talented
0: player. But I think that the coaching
2: staff is said, and they're still looking at kind of a, more of a split in the running game between Montgomery and Davis. So pump the pump the brakes. I'm saying
1: it's absolutely going to be it. That I think they're going to be one of the better offenses in the league. But it's going to be who's going to eat? Like I really, I mean. If, David, if, if Montgomery could be your flex, that's phenomenal. But unfortunately, people are going to be drafting him as their RB1, RB2. So, I, yeah, that's, 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 a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. Up next is a game, as uh, a player that really impressed me. Uh, I had to go on Twitter because I didn't see this on TV uh, and search for it. Preston Williams on Miami had four receptions for 97 yards. Uh, the reason why I think this is noteworthy is because Kenny Stills is talking smack about the owner of the Dolphins. Did you guys see this?
3: Mm-hmm. Because of the,
1: the Trump support, so apparently there's rumblings he might get traded, which means this guy Preston Williams could very well kind of sneak into a role. He's might he maybe is an injury away from being fantasy relevant. But who's in front of him? Devontae Parker, and uh, well, injuries follow him like like injuries follow Devontae Parker. Is that even need for a, for a, an acronym there? So, uh, Matt, is this something that our uh, our listeners should pay attention to with Preston Williams? Yes and no. You should know the name, but he's nothing more than a Mr. Irrelevant, if that. He might just be a scout, scout list guy, and you watch what he does week one, week two, and then make him, make him move. Right. Check out his snap count, see if he's, he's out there. Kind of what do you think, Lee?
2: Yeah, for me, honestly, Jenna actually tapped tatt- the first our first podcast. I think Jenna was like, "Keep your eyes on Preston Williams," and I was like, "No, like Devontae Parker is the guy." Like in redraft, and I still kind of believe that, just because rookie receivers first year, it's really hard to like Chris was saying, it's really hard to hit on a rookie receiver, especially one that was had with such low draft capital, but. He's got a guy in dynasty I have on my radar, like as a third round pick I think, and he could be my like you know my Mister Irrelevant on my team for sure because he showed a lot of chemistry with Josh Rosen, and he made some ridiculous catches.
1: And we I like Fitzpatrick, uh, don't get me wrong. Like he's a good streamer if you go that if you like to watch the world burn and that's what you do. Um, the only issue is is that that team will not be good, and they are eventually going to want to look at Rosen. So that's a thing. And I remember. As a Cowboys fan, when Romo finally got his shot, um, when that happened, Patrick Creighton became fantasy-relevant and just football-relevant out of nowhere, and it's because they were two guys that were backups together. They had that chemistry. An injury had happened, I believe, which moved Patrick Creighton up the depth chart as well simultaneously, so it's uh, it's something to pay attention to. Uh, He showed... Some people, man, are just gamers, right? Draft throw, throw, throw draft pedigree out the window when you actually start playing games. So it's something to keep an eye on. Chris, anything you want to add? No, I, I think you guys have hit the nail on the head on this one. Okay. We have...
0: says hey, what's up?
1: Uh, <laughs> we, have, uh, we have James Washington up next. Okie okay, State? Or actually, no, excuse me, I skipped two. Sorry. Uh, Ty Johnson. So I feel about Ty Johnson the same way I feel like Dexter Williams. This is a guy that's not getting drafted right now, and he's one of my favorite Mr. Irrelevance. Three rushes for 22 yards. This is the cuff I want, especially if I've drafted carry-on. Carry-on, like Aaron Jones, uh, even going back to high school, has shown some injury issues and inability to kind of finish a season. Ty Johnson's looking good, man. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, if I take carry on, my, one of my last picks is going to be tie, and I'm going to sleep like a baby and feel like I made the right the right cuff decision. Chris, what say you, sir? I don't know. I don't know if I'll draft a, a Lions
3: running back. I'm still not sold on, on okay. them. I, I'm really not. It's, it's just hard for me to pull a trigger on a team that I don't foresee sh- that runs the ball a lot. They just haven't proven they run the ball a lot. Man, they, might, I... they might this year.
1: I think Carryon's going to be a top twelve running back in my personal opinion. I think they're going to run and run and run, and I just I like him, and I want to but I do want to protect him if I draft him. Like I absolutely, and I don't think it's C.J. Anderson. I think a lot of people are going to be drafting C.J. Anderson, and I think it's Ty. I think Ty will be the be the guy, um, eventually at some point. Matt Reller, what say you, sir?
0: I'm laughing at your voice last week about the C.J. Anderson owner in your league. Um, <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I I co-sign what you said. I think Ty Johnson is definitely your Mister Irrelevant if you draft to carry on, and I do think he I think he just snuck into my top ten as far as rankings go that I just updated.
1: Who carry on? Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot, Lee. What do you? What say you, sir?
2: Yeah, well, I love carry on Johnson too. I'm team top ten. Nice. Um, Don't get me wrong, but. Ty Johnson will not be my, my, my handcuff for him. I'm still team CJ Anderson for the handcuff role. Okay. Just because he's shown that, he's shown that he can do it in the, uh, in the NFL. And especially at the end of last year, while he was overweight, yes, he had fresh legs. But I really do believe that he's, he's a decently talented running back and is the guy to own in the event that CJ Anderson goes down. Or CJ. Carry on Johnson goes down. And it was funny actually. I like did a little Excel magic and found out like who my most owned players are in my dynasty leagues. Right. And CJ Anderson actually tops the list.
1: Really. Well, I I guess you could make the argument. I guess the one thing that we could let's let's look at last season. Okay, it's the same coach uh, with Matt Patricia, different OC, but let's just go off what Matt Patricia did. Uh, Legarrett Blunt was used quite a bit in the red zone. So if, if I was to tout anything about C.J. Anderson, I would say that he has some serious scoring upside uh, as far as being a, a heavy heavy third down back slash red zone capability. The issue that I have with, uh, with C.J. is that I think the dra- I would, there, there are other people that's being drafted where he's going that I would rather have. And the reason why I state the case with Ty Johnson is I'm a big fan of in drafts and on waivers of finding the guy that nobody's gunning for and getting him before the crowd. Nothing's worse than having to waste your fab or your team's doing very well and you're 11th on the waiver list and you can't get them because they just don't make it to you, and you lose out on a player. For instance, Melvin Gordon goes down last season. Everybody in my leagues is rushing to go get Eckler if he's not drafted off of waivers or whatever, and I got Justin, I got Justin Jackson in four of the five leagues that I was in. Because nobody he was on no one's radar and I was just like, Man, you know what? I'm gonna pick up Justin Jackson. And sometimes you make moves like that and you beat the curve and you're able to make other fantasy moves, like a Damian Williams the next week or whatever, because you're just ahead of the curve all the time. So I like it. So hopefully our listeners they just got a wide array of opinions on the Detroit situation, which is good because it's it's all it's all not incorrect. All right, up next is the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, I uh, did not love what I saw. I did not hate what I saw. He didn't rush, which is good or bad. Let's, let's just call a spade a spade as far as I'm pretty sure the coaching staff told Lamar Jackson it's preseason, take no hits, don't run at all. I'm assuming that's what probably happened. I hope it's not a Vince Young 2.0 scenario where they're trying to change him completely and let him not run at all. Uh, I doubt that. I know Harbaugh's on the record saying take the over on his rushing attempts this year. So um, I like Lamar Jackson. He's one of my favorite late-round QBs. Uh, he did have a very ugly throw where he overthrew a tight end but somehow completed it because someone was standing behind the tight end. <laughs> like I, But uh, uh, Lee, I know you said that you're in on him. You liked what you saw? Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Lamar?
2: Yeah, I like. Um, I've been like scouring the training like every day. I'll basically just look up training camp on in news on Google and just kind of read every every team's training camp report.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And a name that just constantly pops up. And I know he's the quarterback, but and he is responsible for most of the plays, but. Like, on the Ravens training camp report, every single day, it's Lamar Jackson looks like a pure passer. Lamar Jackson, major improvement. Like, Lamar Jackson, like, hitting open guys in, in stride. Like, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. And while it didn't necessarily translate to that game because he wasn't perfect in that game, I do think there's a lot of upside there. And you have a, a really significant floor with all that rushing. So, I think that he's a guy that I'm that is definitely now one of my favorite, favorite late-round QB sleepers.
3: Okay. Chris? I'm not touching Lamar Jackson. I, I won't draft that guy. Not because I, I, I don't like him as a person. I just don't think he's a quarterback
1: until I, he proves it. I am terrified that they are going to I, – I will be very upset if they bench Youngham, yeah, I'm, I'm take I'm, his game away yeah, from Yeah, I'm him. terrified if I
3: draft him as my QB1 and the only thing he can do is run the ball. And that's just for – you know, next year, I know we're not there, obviously – but next year, if he if he's capable of throwing the ball this year, then I'd readdress the drafting of him. But right now, to me, he's he's a runner that can't throw until he proves it. Well, to give on you
1: to give you solace before we get to Matt's opinion, he's going in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round, and he doesn't necessarily have to be a QB one. And even if you take him at his eleventh round price, you can get Darnold, or you can get Stafford, or Philip Rivers, or Tom Brady. Heck, maybe even Drew Brees in some of these leagues. So it, for the upside, it might not be a terrible choice, Chris, because even though you're not sold on it completely, if he, if he is doing well, he could be a cheat code for fantasy. And you might be passing on an opportunity to possibly win, so, you, so you're going to die on your hill. I'm going to die on my hill. I'm not, okay. I'm not drafting the guy. Fair enough, fair enough. Matt?
0: I agree more with what Lee said than Chris, because I would draft him. I would draft him late because he is that cheat code. I've been saying that all along, that I do think he can throw. And I like that the coaching
1: staff told him it's preseason. If you take a hit or get outside of the pocket, you're going to run some stairs Yeah, I hope that's what they said. I really do. I really do hope that. I'm assuming so if that's what happened. The pocket in preseason. I don't think they would do that in a regular game. I think they're
0: going to kind of let him play his game. And it looks like he's adding in some of that nice passing that we saw from Louisville. So I
1: really like him as a late round. Around. I like him a but lot, I would, too. I would rather have him than I would, too, at his price, and I would also rather have him over Josh Allen as well. Uh, up next is James Washington. James Washington last night looked good. Uh, four catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. He also had another catch, which would have been for, I think, 21 yards and a touchdown. It looked to me like his feet got in. I was cooking spaghetti for my family, so I didn't get to see the replay of it, but they didn't even try to challenge it. But he got the toes in. It looked it looked very, very, very close. Um, I actually had a mild conversation with uh, Brad, Brad Evans on, from Yahoo last evening on Twitter. Uh, he was talking about he's still in on Moncrief. Uh, he thinks that's the wide receiver to own, and I am anti that. But the reason why he says that is he thinks that this great game from James Washington is going to continue in the preseason. And he thinks that his ADP is going to rise and that they're really close in ADP right now. So he thinks Montcrief might become the cheaper player. So that's the guy to draft. So we're going to start with you, Matt. What say you on the situation here? I think James Washington is the dude to grab. I think he's got a lot more of
0: than he's been able to show in the NFL. Um, the fact that he's making contested catches like he did in Oklahoma State only gives me a little more confidence to go after him. Because I do think Big Ben likes to see chances like that, and he's going to throw to the dude. So, I think he could definitely be robbing the dude who's Batman. I'm, I'm in.
1: Alright, what say you, Lee?
2: Yeah, I'm with Matt. I think I was a little weird last year because he performed so poorly. But, We've seen plenty of years of Dante Moncrief being average. So I think I think I'd definitely rather take my shot on James Washington being that like second receiver in uh, in Pittsburgh and kind of latching on to those maybe juju targets from last year, hopefully. As opposed to like Dante Moncrief
3: who's kinda of like a one trick party.
1: Right. Chris, the floor is yours. One
3: hundred percent taking James Washington over Dante Moncrief. Okay. Like like Lee said, Dante Moncrief's the one-trick pony. Every year he's got injuries you got to worry about, so
1: take the guy that you know is going to stay healthy right now. He's got, he's got a higher upside to him, too. Let's see. I'm checking uh, fantasy calculator. Uh, Dante Moncrief's going at 11.06, James Washington at 11.09 right now. I think, give us a few days, I think James Washington might before it's full and within the next two weeks, I think James Washington's going in the ninth eighth will be a reach ninth or tenth. I'm perfectly fine with that price if if he rises because I think Moncrief's gonna stay about where he's at. i, I I'm willing to pay that price. That's not too rich for my blood. No. i'm I'm in on it. i I think both guys are there. I wouldn't hate you if you drafted both, honestly, just to hedge your bet. If it's the if it's the ninth round and they're both available and you're really close together and you really don't love anybody else, I don't think that's a terrible idea because we're kind of in late round area right there. Would you guys think that's a terrible strategy just to kind of see, or would you just say go with your guy and move on from the other?
0: Grab your guy. I I don't want monopolies in redraft.
1: <laughs> okay, no monopolies. All right. Okay. Uh, we have two we have two situations left, and then we're going to get to the depth charts, and then in the pod. Jacoby Myers for the Patriots. Six receptions, 69 yards, and two touchdowns. I think this guy is relevant. Um, I'm intrigued to see how he's undrafted. I'm intrigued to see how the rest pans out for everything. Obviously, there's no Wes Welker right now. Uh, There's still a looming Josh Gordon situation we don't know about. Chris Temple, the guy looked impressive. What do you think?
0: Did you mean element? What did I say? Wes oh, Walker.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm in Edelman. I'm going. Sorry, I'm going way back. <laughs> well, obviously Wes Welker's not there. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you for the correction. I wrong You're white, welcome. wrong white wide receiver.
0: <laughs> no <Amandola> either. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it
3: it's you know some guys you could just flat out say it's preseason. They had a good game. I mean. Was it? was it? Was he competing with the twos, the threes, the
1: ones? He was just—he was in there a lot. He had a lot of snaps. He had a lot of snaps. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, if he had a lot of snaps, then it's somewhat relevant. But
1: two touchdowns is pretty big, well, too, It's—it's it's,
3: it's, it's one game. I mean, how, how did he produce the year before? He a He's a rookie. He's an undrafted rookie. There you go. Um, you know, you just got to keep seeing what he does. He's got to build upon it. You can't just say one game is. Hey, I'm—I've arrived. Especially in the preseason, you got gotta He's a rookie wide receiver. Let's see what he does after this.
1: I think for me, uh, before I give the floor to Matt and Lee, he's somebody on my radar, and just like Preston Williams, because of the question marks on the receiving core of the Patriots. There obviously is no Gronk. Maybe that situation changes. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, all Philip Dorsett has done is underperform his entire career for his draft stock. Right? Um, it's, it's 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 somebody's job to to rise. Correct. He yeah. plays the slot, which is a different situation than, than Harry. So he's he's on my radar. I'm not drafting him. I'm just paying attention to well, him. Well, yeah,
3: I, just, I also want to reiterate that. He's a rookie wide receiver. I'm 99.9% right. sure I'm not going to draft
1: the guy. What do you think, Matt? I think Nikhil Harry also looked good
0: in this game. He had a touchdown before. He went out with like a minor foot injury. So it's kind of nice that both of these rookie wide receivers are seeing the opportunity and taking advantage of it. Team is one of the few that I think I would break my rule of rookie wide receivers not being drafted right. just because I think there's such opportunity for somebody to step up and have a huge year Nikhil Harry's price is a little higher than I might actually be willing to draft him because I do think he's got red zone upside but Jacoby Myers is a great like lay your ground another name that people will be like who you
1: <laughs> right, that's one of the names you have to write on your board. That's
3: like that's like four or five years ago when that tight end for the uh, Patriots was was being drafted in like the sixth or seventh. He got cut two weeks into the season. Oh man! And
1: uh, Lee, anything you want to add, sir?
3: Yeah, just um,
2: in redraft he's a tough person the to target, just because he's that undrafted rookie, and I know he's with the Patriots, but like Chris was saying, that's tough. But I think it's important to. To note that it wasn't with Brady, and it'll be more important to see. I think Brady will probably play in the third preseason game, but I'm not sure on that either. And it'll be important to see how Brady connects with him, and then you can kind of start using that late round flyer on him. Right. But it doesn't really matter if Brian Hoyer targets him a lot because Hoyer's yeah, not the
1: starting quarterback. Right. For the is, he, <laughs> is Jacoby even going to be getting snaps with Tom Brady? Will he even be on the field? Exactly. These are things we don't know, obviously. So up last for the for the box score mania. Um, Dalvin Cook is a running back that I'm very high on. Um, I think he's going to be very, very good, but he also comes with a set of question marks because he's played 15 games in two years. Um, For me, I've had confidence in in drafting him or targeting him or thinking about when I'm game planning for my drafts of going after him because I see that they drafted Madison and I like Madison, and I think that's the clear cuff. And I've been uh, thinking in my mind as such, but last night was something to pay attention to in the game. We had three running backs do well, do better, two running backs, excuse me, do well that weren't Madison. So Madison's stats were, don't get me wrong, he got the most run, though. He had nine attempts for 30 yards, but only 3.3 yards a carry. You had Abdullah, yes, Abdullah, that Abdullah, the preseason darling, four rushes for 63 yards, and boom, and Boone, straight up balling out there, Four rushes for 70 yards in a touchdown. And the move that Boone did, you guys see the highlight? Yeah, but you got, if, if, I I know what you're talking about, but if you take the four runs for 70 yards,
3: well, one was for 65. Okay. So, that move was, yeah, but it wasn't an open hole. He made that happen. No, I I get, I get that he had the ability to to create a hole, but just take,
1: take the other four four runs. Right. No, no, I get it. It's just like, it's just like Royce Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he averaged like 2.8 yards on the other, but then he, like I said, Royce Freeman, the different, the reason why I'm high on, I would, Boone is on my radar over him, is because Royce Freeman had a hole that was lights out and ran it right and great play, uh, Boone straight up made this 65 yard play happen like he straight up just got it. So even though the other runs were down, I'm like, okay, cool. He broke away. He made that. He made that play happen. Um, so that's I'm intrigued by Abdullah too. A little four for 63. I, I, that's something to take note on. I really think it is, Lee. Talk to me, man. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, first off, I feel disrespected because you missed out on a third, a third running back slash fullback. My boy Kyrie Blasting Game from Vanderbilt had two touchdowns in that game. Oh wow! So don't put that out there.
1: <laughs> All right.
2: So he was a stud? He's Congrats. a fullback.
3: So his um, anchors down, right? So what? I said he's a fullback. So his anchors down.
2: His anchor is the down. Exactly. Good luck, Chris. But I think it's notable because I think, I mean, I think the Vikings are have, have to feel pretty good about their options behind Dalvin Cook. Yes. And they might even think uh, this is like obviously a little premature, but if Boone continues and Abdullah continue to play well, they might be able to scale Cook's workload back even a little bit to you know kind of keep him fresh and, and hope that he doesn't get injured again.
1: They 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 show that they want to run the ball. When they made the OC change at the end of the season, uh, Dalvin Cook's usage went way way up, and so did running the ball, and so did the targets.
3: Yeah, because they their quarterback proved he isn't
1: very good. So I man having a thing of running backs. The the problem I have with this is that it's pick one. Which which irrelevant running back do you want to you know stand on the hill and <laughs> yell that's the guy, Matt? What are your thoughts on the situation?
0: I think Dalvin Cook's still a good value because they will be smart and they will kind of split up the work. Don't fall in love with Amir Abdullah,
1: though. He's preseason, darling. He does this every year. (laughs) He so is. He so is, Um, man. Pass on him.
0: I think Boone or Madison will show that they're going to be more consistent. I like that Boone made his own yard. I agree. I still think Give Madison some time, though. He was a rookie. He's kind of getting his feet wet. First preseason game. Don't make your judgment too quick. I would would still invest in Cook, where he's going, because I do think he's going to offer kind of that dual threat upside that some don't in that realm.
1: Right. And then grab either Madison or Boone, whoever's looking like they're going to be the dude. So I I I don't think it's going to be – if you're wrong on that, who cares? And Madison also – Nine runs, So he definitely got the most usage. And I think what you just said was gold, Matt. Whatever running back you're picking uh, for Minnesota, if you are doing the handcuff game, you're obviously um, doing it when one of the last rounds. So it's a pick that you're prepared to move on from regardless. So I I think it's okay to just throw a dart and and pick one. Uh, I would pay attention to the next game. Hopefully there's another game or two before you do your draft if you're a listener. And uh, you can keep seeing the attempts and see that, like, if Boone averages four yards every game and or four rushes every game and it's all for two yards a carry, then he's obviously a guy to fade. So on the depth charts, so we can finish up here. Uh, Chris, we're going to start with you. You broke down the NFC East. What team are we going to start with? Uh, The NFC
3: East is the deepest running back division in football. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, who's first? <laughs> uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and start with the Cowboys, you know, because I'm a homer. Okay. Um, so you depth chart for the Cowboys, you got Zeke, Tony Pollard, Alfred Morris, and Mike Weber. Okay. Obviously, we know the, the Zeke situation we got on on, on that earlier. So uh, the handcuff for Zeke is Tony Pollard, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Alfred Morris might be a late guy, late round flyer as well, if Zeke isn't there. So fifteenth round or something like that. If you're in a deep league. Okay. Just to cover yourselves, uh, the
1: Giants. Well, let's let's let oh. uh, Do you guys want to oh, add anything man. on Cowboys? What? Who are you? If our listeners are taking Zeke, are we are we okay signing off on Pollard as a group? Are we? Want, no. No. Who are you saying, Matt? <laughs> who should our Who should our listeners try to cuff? I just
0: wanted to be playful. No, I would actually. Throw my late
3: round dart on Alfred Morris if I did take Zeke early. Because okay. you have drafted Pollard already, haven't you? Huh? You drafted Pollard, didn't you?
0: Yeah, because I think he's got standalone value He's a catching running back. I don't think he's a cuff. I think Alfred Morris is the cuff.
1: Yeah, I think I think Pollard's just going to be good for fantasy. Period. I really do. I'm excited to watch him play tonight. I hope he gets at least. I hope he at least gets a drive with Dak. I really do. Uh, Lee, anything you want to add or hate you want to throw on the uh, Cowboys? No hate.
2: Pollard's probably the guy. That's all I got.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right. Giants is next. The Giants is next.
3: Obviously, uh, running back one is Saquon Barkley. Yes. Uh, Him and Zeke are probably uh, 1A, 1B in the entire NFL. Yes. I I can't throw one above the other anymore. I can't
1: be a complete homer anymore. Barry Sanders, Jr., man.
3: Yeah. Uh, Behind that, I've got Wayne Gollum, Jr., Elijah Penny and then Rod Smith is on the depth chart. Rod Smith probably won't make the team. Right. Uh by the time it's all said and done, so Gallman and Penny are the two guys behind Saquon. Perkins? I don't have Perkins on here. I don't know. If- <coughs> is Paul Perkins still in New York guys? He is. Uh I just didn't put him down on the on the depth charts.
1: Is there uh um, rankings? So are we cuff- are we cuffing are we cuffing Barkley or are we just drafting him and moving on? Drafting him
3: and moving on. I don't think these are, the Giants really have anybody that you want to draft. I don't think
1: I. don't think I would cuff him. I think it would be a full-on committee that's not good. What do you? What do you think, Lee? Move. Yeah, you can't. You can't cough him. There's no way. Matt. That offense is garbage. If
0: Saquon's not there, I, would, I wouldn't touch the other guys. They all sound like accountants.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would just draft Dexter Williams in the I, last round if yeah. I had. Yeah, I, I,
3: I, threw the other names on the list just to so people knew I actually looked at the Giants' running. Back.
1: You should have just been like the depth chart of Saquon Barkley. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, uh, what's who's next? We're gonna move on to Lee's Eagles. Okay. And I put the it depth burns. chart. Yeah, nobody likes them. They get shot out of the air. Wow! Well, shot, <laughs> shots fired literally. No, I'm just kidding, Lee. Uh, I don't like them, but you know we're not gonna get, shoot the Eagles. Uh, so the way I've done the depth chart is I've got, I think Jordan Howard's going to start. Yes. But I've got Miles Sanders as the top back there. Okay. So I think you can get more value with Miles Sanders so, than you can with Jordan Howard. So you're
1: saying that that's the most fantasy relevant guy? You feel? Will yes. Be Miles Sanders. Okay. Yes.
3: Uh, followed by Corey Clement and Darren Sproles as the top four there to round it out. I don't know if they're going to use Sproles much this year. Uh, that's I'm kind of confused by that, Lee. What do you What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair depth chart. Um, I'm coming around a little bit on Miles Sanders just because of all the like positive reports coming out of camp. But I still think this this year at least it's going to be a, a decent split between him and Jordan Howard until they kind of give him the reins next year. But Sproles will be used, which which will hurt. I guess if you, if you like thought Corey Clement was going to be the receiving back, it'll hurt him a little bit. But really, after Sanders and Howard, there's not there's not really a back to target in the Eagles' backfield. Like Sproles will have like. One or two catches a game, but yeah. that's not really going to do anything
3: for yeah, you. Yeah, that's what's really really confused me by them br- even bringing them back for a year. J- you should have just exactly. you should have just got, just got them a standard power implement and just well. said these are my three. Because one, of the, I don't think what well, I don't think all four are going to make the team, are they? Probably. Do they
2: all four will, and yeah. then Josh Adams and Wendell Small will be the odd man out. Because
3: right. y'all don't use a fullback for anything, right? right? No, exactly. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So
1: I think. So if I'm just thinking of numbers, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's 45% of the snaps, Jordan Howard, 35% miles, uh, 10% uh, – <laughs> I can't even do math well, right now. I think, 10% Sprawls on a couple hurry-ups, and then Clement gets like four carries a game. I think you're right as far as the beginning of the season, Howard will get the majority of the
3: carries. And then if Sanders is able to separate himself as the better back – I think Sanders will take the bulk load of the work, and they'll flip-flop on the workload.
1: Okay, that's fair. Matt, anything you want to add?
0: Yeah, I think the narrative that WP only uses, like, RBBCs is a little overblown. When he's had an uber-talented back, he's ridden them. So if Miles Sanders shows up to beat it, I wouldn't be scared that he's going to do it. I would... I do
3: think Jordan Howard's got a great value though. So yes. I too. I, I, I drafted him in the I seventh. Jordan in our, in our, in this our
1: draft. Year, but but Sanders man, was taking two God. rounds early. Right. Let me. Hey, uh, Lee, you watched the game. Um, I'm assuming. How did Miles Sanders look in pass protection for the few snaps he got? Yeah, I was. I was
2: actually at the game, which was kind of fun. Oh, nice. Okay, very um, cool.
1: So that was cool. But he. I don't, I'm not even sure. I didn't notice
2: anything good or bad, which I guess is probably. For the better, I didn't even, i don't even know if he was in pass protection. I think he either ran her out or got the got the ball on a handoff. But he played him and Jordan Howard only only had like a drive each, right. so they they definitely wanted to protect them. But my biggest takeaway from that game was Adam Humphries had six targets in the first drive
1: from uh, Tennessee.
2: Yeah, from Mariota, six six boy. targets. Chris Humphreys. Chris
1: Temple's been standing on the Adam Humphries uh, hill for a while. I have. You know, I'm glad that flag
3: is finally coming around for the rest of you guys. <laughs> all right, up up last. Uh, the uh, Redskins. So uh, so I've got the depth chart as uh, Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson, and Piran.
1: So P Ryan So Ryan probably won't
3: make the team. No, he'll make the team. They'll you go think f- all four. They'll, they'll they'll go all four there. Okay. Um, really, I don't think you want to draft anybody outside of Geis and Peterson. I mean, those two are
1: probably going to get the bulk of the carries, and there's not going to be much for. Thompson and P. are gonna be scraps. I'm intrigued to see how they use Chris Thompson this year. I wonder I wonder if like they know they can't. He keeps getting injured so they can't really use him too yeah, much.
3: He's so good though. But he's
1: so good when they do. Yeah,
3: that's the problem. He's always he's hurt.
1: Man. Uh Matt, what do you think about the Redskins backfield?
0: I think it's guys to own. And then I get why people are excited about Adrian Peterson. I just I can't at his price. I can't. I don't think there's
1: that much upside, so. no, no, because I you have was. to, you know what, in, in all fairness, like if you start zero RB and Adrian Peterson's there as an RB1 for you, the problem is is that Geis' ADP is right there, too. You'd want to cuff it because Geis, you think, eventually is going to be, I don't know if you, that it, it creates a weird scenario. You'd have to draft him back-to-back, back and you're you're killing your team if you did that. So I am away from Peterson too. I think Geis is the guy that I, I like for fantasy. Lee, what say you on this situation?
2: Yeah, I like um, none of them. Yeah, to be honest,
1: I will probably be because I'll probably be drafting Penny instead of Geis in all of my. Yeah,
2: leagues. like Geis. Geis just the injuries worry me a little bit. The fact that AP is still in that backfield also worries me. I just think there's not going to be a lot of clarity there. Unless one of the guys goes down, probably. And in our draft, at least, Geist went six fourteen, which is actually probably pretty decent value. That's where I got him. Like I think I might, I might take him there actually. Now that I'm thinking about, like he went right. He went right after, um, Royce Freeman, Daryl Henderson, Latavius Murray, Miles Sanders, and then Rojo, Eckler. Jordan Howard all went after him, so I
1: would take Tim there actually if I got him at that value. Yeah, I think that's a good spot. But that's why I I, I would have drafted him. I think that's the exact spot you want him. Probably, I really do. If you're if if you're going to take a chance on him, I think that's the perfect spot. So Chris, good job, thank you. Uh, we're gonna close with the NFC West uh, running back depth chart that I've got here for us. Uh, Cardinals are up first. We have David Johnson. Uh, I stand on the hill but David Johnson is going to be the RB3 or better. I'm all about him this year. The cuff is Chase Edmonds and I am absolutely if I'm a David Johnson owner drafting Chase Edmonds period and behind them is Blah. His name is TJ Logan. I'm not interested. Uh, Lee what say you with the backfield? Did I hit it on the nail on the head or is there something else you want to add? No I think you hit the
2: nail on the head. DJ all the way obviously but I, I do like Edmonds and I think the coaching staff really likes Edmonds too. So I don't know that he'll even have much standalone value, but I think he can fit in seamlessly if if DJ goes down.
1: Matt?
0: I think Edmonds has been talked up as having a more significant role this year, so I think he will have minor standalone value. He's a great late round flyer. Um, And, yeah, DJ's top-five running back, so. All right,
3: Chris Stimple? Can't do it. Can't. I've been burnt by David Johnson two consecutive years. I drafted him. Top three one year, he broke his wrist after the first week. Didn't play the whole year, and then last year he had a subpar season. I've been burnt by David Johnson. I just, I personally can't do it. I can't do it. Well, you're letting your, you, you can't. That's that's a
1: losing, that's a losing mentality, that sir. That is not a losing mentality, sir. There's other running backs I can draft instead of David Johnson. So if you have fifth pick and the top four are gone, you just go Hopkins. Yes.
3: Okay. I, I've been burnt by the guy two consecutive years. You can't say that I'm just. I'm being irrational. He's hurt me two consecutive years. I drafted him in a league last year, and I'm willing to take him. I'm not. Just, you didn't draft him the year before. You haven't been hurt by the same guy two consecutive years. Well, He's cost me two championships by playing, like, crap one year and not playing the
1: other I year. I'll
0: you another one if you don't draft him, Chris.
1: Maybe you're, maybe, <laughs> maybe you're playing the waivers cost you a championship. <laughs> Zing. I'm just kidding. Okay. Up next is the, the Rams. Uh, Todd Gurley, uh, Man. Uh, I think I've stood on my Todd Gurley Hill. I've said all that I wanted to say on previous pods. I like where he's going. I think that if you're in a redraft league and he's going where he's going right now, I think it's worth the risk. Um, you, I think, I man, I've said it, and I know people even talked smack to me in, the, in one of our chat rooms because everyone keeps saying that Henderson's the cuff. It's not. It's Malcolm Brown, dude. Henderson is going to be like... A PPR guy, and he's going to have a little bit of usage, but he's not looking great in camp. Malcolm Brown's looking really good. If you're drafting Todd Gurley, the guy you want is Malcolm Brown. Do not pay a seventh-round price tag on Henderson. That only is going to pay off if Gurley is not playing for the year, in my opinion. Uh, John Kelly is not picking up. He's not making good decisions. He's not on the fantasy radar. Uh, Chris, anything you want to add to the situation here? I can finally say I agree with you. Okay, good. Matt.
0: No oh, sign. Nothing else to add.
1: What do you think, Lee? Yeah,
0: I'm with
2: you. Daryl Henderson has gotten out of control, and I love the player, but come on.
1: All right, let's go. So, 49ers. This is this is dirty, man. Um, this, it's weird because the 49ers backfield could win you your league for where they're going because they're you're talking about fl- a flex guy for, or RB two here. Uh, we've got Coleman who I'm targeting, man. I like Coleman. I like him a lot. You've got Breida, who I also dig for where he's going. McKinnon, I'm not touching with a stick. Goodbye. Ew. Not touching it. And if there's a late-round running back, I'm going to take a stab on because of Breida's health and a, a good cuff. It's Colonel Mostart. If he makes the squad, I actually like Raheem Mostart on uh, the 49ers as well. Uh, Chris, anything you want to add for the 49ers? Uh, Coleman's the only guy i really want to target on that. On them. But like you said, he'd be RB3 or a flex for me. What do you think, uh, Mr. Rilla? I know you like some Breda. I do. I'm about that
0: Breda life. I'm also coming around on Coleman because I do think he's going to be kind of the lead guy, but I do think Breda will have some standalone value. I know in previous spots I've been like, eh, about Jarek McKinnon. I'm out. This latest just issue, uh, I can't. I know we got paid a bunch
1: of money, but no, yeah, I, I can't do it. Yeah, you're and Lee, Anything you want to add?
2: Yeah, I have a personal hatred for Derek McKinnon just because I drafted him in a Dynasty startup last year in the fourth round. And oh wow! <laughs> it was it was painful. So now I'm,
3: you I'm shouldn't tell our listeners know. that they're supposed to think we know what we're doing. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> put on that. No, I wanna tell you who I traded him for. <laughs> I traded him and Damian
2: Williams and a twenty twenty second for Brandon Cooks and Mark Ingram.
0: Alright.
2: After the well, season well,
3: last well, year. Yeah, well we uh yeah. way to way to dig out of that one, buddy.
0: I, I So see. I
2: dug out of that hole, but I'm out on McKinnon he stinks and he's injured all the time. But I really liked Coleman's value and I really like Breda's value where they're drafting because I love the familiarity of Coleman and Shanahan's offense. Right. And he was he flourished when he was with Shanahan. So I really think they brought him in for a reason. They're ready to they're ready to work. Him and then Breda, they they've been moving around the formation. Super talented back. He should have a good season also.
1: Sign me up for the 49ers, man. I think they're gonna be a treat. I really think that they're that's gonna be a team that's gonna push for playoffs and just be a great offense. I I'm buying it, man. I like I like it all. I'm gonna be taking late round flyers on Debo Samuel. I'm gonna have some pettus even though he hasn't looked great in camp because Richard Sherman apparently is back by the way in case you guys haven't heard that like he is looking looking good like he's fully finally fully recovered from uh, the ACL like he is he is out there bawling like it's it's good man he's he's it's looking good so it's something it's something to keep an eye on the 49ers could be a super surprise team this year uh up last is the Hawks it's Carson and it's penny for me uh, honestly, at Carson's at Carson's uh, draft price right now, I'm, I'm for it. I'm probably going to go an, a different direction, but if you told me that you drafted him, I wouldn't be mad at you. I'm a penny guy. I like where he's going. That's it in the backfield for me. Don't get me wrong. I want to see who makes the roster. Uh, is the third or possibly fourth running back, and I might take a flyer because you're going to have somebody that's fantasy relevant if Carson or Penny goes down, because they're going to run, 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 and run. But I can't sign off on any other running back on that team until the roster is finalized, period. Lee, what say you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like both the guys at the draft press, because I think the Seahawks has run the ball so much that they're going to be really valuable. Um, I'd probably rather take my shot on Penny a a little later just because of the injury history of Carson. But if he's fully healthy... I like, he will get 15 to 20 carries a game for that Seahawks offense. Yep. So he's definitely a guy who's like an easy, could be an easy RV too.
1: If he stays on the field, he can get 1,400 yards, Carson. he had 1,000 yards last year injured, you know? Uh, Matt, anything you want to add? Yep. Yeah, Co-sign on everything said. Chris? I agree. We talked about this a lot earlier, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So that's it. That is lineup locked for the week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, that was a long one, but man, that was great information. It has to be, man. These depth charts are so important. All right, we need to give every factoid of information possible for our listeners because it's it's fine. I don't care if it's a three hour pod if that's what it takes breaking down depth charts because uh, depth charts and box scores because it's so so important is to know how many runs these guys are getting and everything else. So I thought this was a I thought this was a great informative episode. Next episode, what we're going to do is cover a little bit of news, but we're going to do a mock draft. Uh, We're going to have a live mock draft next episode. Uh, We'll get with each other during this week, uh, determine where we're drafting from. We're going to set it to 12. We're all going to pick different spots, and we're going to just do the draft live on the pod. It's going to be a lot of fun, actually. Chaos will ensue. So it shall be fun. So this is Lineup Lock. Thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate reviews, comments, likes, uh, feedback. It's all gravy. Uh, Feel free to hit us up for any questions or inquiries. And uh, that's it for this week. Peace out, everyone. Later.